0: Welcome in to the Blitz Pod. As always, I am your host, Mr. Kane Schwartz. And well, I guess I always say, as always, even though I just missed the last podcast because of a nine-page paper that I have due, that is a combined 5,000 words. So that's been a lot of fun as I've been working through that. But managed to hop on the Thursday, well, Friday edition of the podcast, which is very nice. It's very nice to be back. Uh, Jaden, how you doing, man? Good. I'm very
2: excited to hear Mitchell nonsensically talk for the next 90 minutes.
0: But Mitchell, seems like you are in very good spirits this evening. How are you doing?
1: I've had plenty of good spirits in my soul this evening. <laughs> <laughs> but let's go. It's another week of NFL football. We can't complain. The season is just starting to heat up. And let's be honest. Playoffs are heating up for fantasy. Everybody is involved at this point, no matter what.
0: That's you're five fair. and five,
1: you're three and seven, you're four, four and one six. and nine. No matter what, and if nine, you're like, Can't, two and can't eight. get out of here. You're one and nine, you're out of this. But let's be honest, everybody is paying attention at this point to this podcast, everybody is let's looking up the fantasy hotspot for it who is the next start who is the next sit and let's be honest the blitz podcast that's where we're going aj Amen. brown number one receiver for the rest of the season
0: wow, wow. what a what an introduction dude that you i think we should just end it there bro let's
2: go. <laughs> oh
0: boy oh this is fantastic i can't wait to get this started so we got Mitchell with uh, a lot of good spirits within him this evening. Several an intelligent conversation. Several spirits. I have a couple Red Bulls if me, in me if that counts. I don't I had a Dr Pepper earlier, so I'm feeling a little. You know. Ooh, you feeling yeah. a little squirrely? A little funky. <laughs> nice man. Well, with all the good spirits we got flowing on the uh, Blitz podcast today, let's dive into some football, shall we? And tonight, as always, we just. Finished watching a Thursday night football game indeed. And it was kind of a stinker, but let's talk about it, man. The Patriots end up blowing out the Atlanta Falcons in Atlanta, 25 to zero. The Patriots, dude, five straight wins for this Patriots squad. Now they're sitting at seven and four and the Falcons just continue to look worse. Four and six, obviously it didn't help that. Cordell Patterson was not in this game and it was kind of late that he was ruled out of this game. And that has what he has basically driven their offense for most of this season, especially in the absence of Coward Ridley. So if you lose a guy like Cordell Patterson, obviously it doesn't mean good things for your offense, but zero points for this squad, which is, which I like to say a lot, it is dismal. It is indeed dismal. So thank you. Yes. Stinky. Uh, let's hop into the initial takeaways from this game. And, dude, how about them Patriots, bro? I'll start with Mac Jones, and then I'll dive into the defense, which was absolutely phenomenal today. Uh, Mac Jones, though, 22 for 26. And you keep seeing stat lines like this, like very efficient. His completion, uh, completion percentage is are awesome every single game. He went 22 for 26 in this game, 207 yards, a touchdown and an interception. He has more wins than all of the rookie quarterbacks can find. And just a little uh, fun stats I want to throw at you guys real quick. He has the third highest completion percentage in the NFL with 70.2. And he has the fifth quickest time to throw in the NFL, which I only threw that out there because that's what I noticed. And I feel like a lot of people across the country have noticed that when they watch Mac Jones, he just gets the ball out super quick. And it looks like another guy who used to play in New England. Yeah, Big ben. It's Big ben. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> Big Ben. So, but yeah, Mac Jones continues the ball. I heard Joe Buck say something interesting tonight. I want to get your thoughts really know. quickly from you guys. Know. He said that Mac Jones was the best quarterback to come out of the quote handful of last drafts. So like I'm no. not sure what you're qualifying as handful so, but it at me, it at least means God. the last NFL draft class which best is, yeah.
1: best it quarterback qualify for that?
2: Absolutely not. As far as maybe just like coming in and playing well, I mean I, I can't even defend that because Herbert last year, like every other guy, exactly. Joe Burrow, Kyler Murray, those guys, you know, did kind of struggle out of the gate, but Justin Herbert obviously did not. So I, I don't know where he got that from.
0: Like there's really no, there's, but yeah, I don't know where he got that from either. Obviously you had the great season from Justin Herbert last year. That's the one that stood out to me the most. And as Mitchell flexes on the camera right now, obviously, In he's CP3 pretty enthusiastic jersey? about that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But would you rather have, especially with the way that Justin Herbert is playing recently? Would you rather have Mac Jones as your future quarterback or Justin CP3. Herbert as your future quarterback? Justin Herbert,
2: regardless, CP3. I'm also going CP three. CP three, <laughs> CP
1: three, nice. Yeah, I mean, well, he, JD- he runs, he runs the same Chris offense Paul very well, and Justin Herbert. <laughs> <laughs>
2: this is he nice, regardless, very well. But one hundred percent. 100% Herbert. I think the floor with Herbert, as at least from what we've seen so far, is just as high as Mac Jones, and the ceiling is
0: 10 times higher. So give me Herbert 100%. Fair. And Mitchell, I assume that you agree with that line of thinking.
1: <laughs> I mean, looking at tonight, he wasn't amazing against the Atlanta Falcons defense, which is not good. Regardless, Justin Herbert has the arm talent You have no idea what to expect from either offense. And just take Justin Herbert.
0: Just take Justin Herbert. Amen. I'll take it. I'll take it. All right. Well, let's move on from the uh, Mac Jones talk, who, like I said, has been absolutely phenomenal this year. And let's dive into the other phenomenal part of this Patriots team that especially stood out tonight, and that is the defense, dude. They had four interceptions tonight, which came on back-to-back-to-back-to-back drives. Four consecutive interceptions for Atlanta um, on their last four drives, which was – we saw three different quarterbacks, and they all threw an interception in this game. Very interesting. Um, But with the four picks tonight – Patriots now lead the NFL in NFL, uh, in interceptions, which is awesome. Uh, they had four sacks tonight, 12 quarterback hits, which is great. Uh, they allowed just 165 yards of total offense, and they have allowed an average of 10 points per game during the five-game win streak that they're on. And it's getting really interesting because guess who they have next week? The Titans. And these are two teams that, like, Compared to prior – I mean, the Titans have prior proof of success last year and years prior, but, like, without Terrick Henry, these are two of the really good teams in the AFC that maybe aren't totally proven yet, you know? So you got a battle of the unproven teams next week, Titans, Patriots, which should be super exciting. But I want to ask you guys, are the Patriots now the favorite in the AFC East? With the Bills kind of struggling like they have these past few weeks – are we putting the Patriots as a lock for the AFC East? Jayden, I'll ask you first, man. Uh,
2: I'm not going favorite quite yet. I do think that is a very realistic possibility that they could win it uh, just because they play a safe brand of football. They just they play defense. They do very minimal on offense. They hold the ball game. You saw it. We saw it tonight. We have saw it in weeks past. You notice how at the end of the game when they're running, they can be wide open. They will slide. They will get to the sideline and slide. I've, I mean, like teams sometimes do that every single play. They do that. I watched them. I think it was Carolina a couple of weeks ago. They literally controlled the ball for like the final eight minutes of the game. And they just don't let the other team get the ball back. And if they're going to play this style of offense with Mac Jones, those short hitting passes and this phenomenal defense and Josh Allen kind of picks and chooses the games where he wants to be Josh Allen, I definitely think the Patriots could, you know, take this division.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I think you have a great point there with like the safe brand of football. Like Mitchell, you said earlier, like obviously the the fanatics of Justin Herbert are there, like the arm strength and the stat numbers. But like Mac Jones does exactly what he is asked to do, and he does a very good job at it and he doesn't make the big mistakes. So like he plays. It's not like he's going out there trying to throw 400 yards and three touchdowns. Justin Herbert goes out there trying to do that. But They're not asking Mac Jones to do that. And he has done a phenomenal job at just what he's supposed to do. And you mentioned guys like Josh Allen, like he's the same way, you know, like pick and choose whether or not you're going to go throw for 400 yards and four touchdowns in a game. But Mac Jones is consistent as it comes, especially this year. So, yeah, I think that's great debate, though. All right. So as I'm currently speaking, uh, Mitchell, in case you guys didn't notice, he was a little just a little bit intoxicated for this podcast and it seems that he has taken a much deserved break for now so we're we're gonna roll through the rest of the yeah we're either gonna his return to the podcast in this episode is tbd which uh, you will find out very shortly if he returns or not but i mean oh wow look at this yes i don't (laughs) know wow all right, well, I guess I'll just cut that part out. No, 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 leave it.
1: Oh. No, 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 repeat it.
0: I'm not going to just... repeat it. <laughs> <laughs> well, look at that. All right, we we got we to talk about, got about Mitchell the McDonald's.
1: Washington football team the past five minutes, so let's get it. Yeah.
0: We did good, not. Good
2: Washington football team debate there.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, I do want to mention that you mentioned time and possession, uh, one team that was really good at time of possession last week was the Washington football team on their 10-minute drive to end the game and not give Tom Brady the ball back. Go, Washington football team. I haven't had a chance to flex it. I will do more when we get into the Washington football team talk later. But <clears throat> that just about covers it for Thursday night football. Uh, this Patriots team really means business, dude. Five straight wins, seven and four, bro. Who would have thunk?
2: I just want to say real quick if you would have told me at the beginning of the season that Cordero Patterson was the reason that the Falcons weren't the worst team in football. um, I don't know what I'd say to you. And another thing, I don't think that Falcons fans can, could look me in the eye right now and say as great as Kyle Pitts is that I wouldn't rather have a Justin Fields or even a Mac Jones sitting behind Matt Ryan right now, because he looks awful and there's no,
0: Clearly, both of their backup quarterbacks are not the answer either. We're, I was just hoping that Josh Rosen would come in real quick, Me maybe too. a touchdown pass. Me too. But then they throw in Felipe Franks, who I remember watching last year, and he sucks. So, just dismal for the Atlanta Falcons right now, for sure. If I didn't, if I didn't already mention dismal, they are definitely a dismal team. So. All right. Well, that just about does it for the Thursday night football talk, but let's dive into the week 11 preview, shall we? We're already through 10 weeks of football, dude, double digits. It's scary. Like I like, obviously we put a lot of work into this podcast and into our social media. And like, I'm, I, like, I'm kind of, I wouldn't say looking forward to the end of the season, but like, it'll be nice not to like have to do this much work, but like, I'm going to miss it, man. Like, I'm, I'm sad that we're already at week 11. It really makes me upset, but it is what it is, man. We've had a great season of football so far this year, and it will continue with the headliner games that we got in week 11. So let's dive into it. Uh, The first game that we have on the slate tonight is the Packers at the Vikings in the one o'clock window. The Packers, after their dub against Seattle last week, are sitting at eight and two, and the Vikings, ever so slowly, start to climb back into that NFC race. I mean, they're sitting at four and five now, so who knows what could happen, especially if they beat the Packers in this game, but let's dive into the things to watch. And I just mentioned it. The Vikings look to continue their momentum after their win against the Los Angeles chargers last week. Uh, Sorry, Mitchell, (laughs) but Uh final score in that one was 27 to 20. Uh, They held the Chargers' offense to 20 points for just the second time since the month of September. So, this Vikings defense, who you could have almost counted out after their injuries, have really started. I mean, they've looked really good, especially against an electric Chargers offense. But the Vikings, right now, sitting at four and five, they're second in the AFC uh, NFC North. Uh, but their losses come against the Bengals, at the Bengals, at the Cardinals the Browns, the Cowboys, and at the Ravens. And those are all really good teams. Like you really, you want to steal like one or two of those, but like this record does not speak for how good this team is, especially the way that Kirk Cousins is playing right now. And let's dive into it. Uh, The highlight of Minnesota's season so far has by far been Mr. Kirk Cousins, who right now sitting at a little over 2000 yards, which is ninth in the league, 18 tuds, which is eighth in the league. And he only has two interceptions all season which is first among quarterbacks and they do have a run dominated offense but Kirk has thrown the seventh most passes among quarterbacks so far this year so I want to flip it to you guys Uh, what we're seeing out of Kirk Cousins obviously not really consistent with what we've seen from Kirk Cousins prior to this season Uh, we saw flashes of it at times but you think this is more of a fluke season or more of a trend for Kirk Cousins? Jaden, I'll start with you.
2: Well, statistically, it all sounds great, but Kirk Cousins is what he is. He is the, it is the Kirk Cousins line. If you are better than Kirk Cousins, you're a good quarterback. If you're worse than Kirk Cousins, you're not a good quarterback. He is the dead center of the league. I, the stats are great. He just, he's like, he's like Mac Jones, but with more experience, he doesn't, he doesn't elevate you, but he doesn't kill you. So, I mean, the stats are great. I think there's a solid chance they could, you know, those stats could come back and, you know, kind of level out towards the end of the season. And you regress to the mean that is Kirk Cousins, and he's just an average guy, average to above average. Hmm.
0: See, I like, I don't know. I've always been a huge Kirk Cousins guy, especially because he used to play in Washington. Uh, The whole you like that thing. I mean, he won us the division and not just with a losing record like we did last year. We were actually good back then. So I'm a big Kirk Cousins guy. I think saying that he's an average quarterback is little hurtful. Average
2: to above average. Like, but like I said, he's this. He's he's dead center. If you're better than him, you're a good quarterback. If you're worse, you're not.
0: And I can you name so, ten quarterbacks better than Kirk Cousins right now? Yep. Yeah. I can go
2: right down the list: Patrick yes. Mahomes, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Tom. Did I say Tom Brady twice?
0: No. No, you didn't. Tom Brady. Yes. Justin Kyler Herber, Murray,
2: Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, Matthew Stafford, Joe Burrow, Derek Carr. That's it. And
0: that's 12. Joe Burrow and Derek Carr, that's when you start to get sketchy. I don't think those guys no. are just, it's definitely arguably I don't know about better. That.
2: It's definitely arguable, but I, I think those two guys are better.
0: Fair. I mean, they have their teams in better positions. But like I said, like, this record does not really speak for how good this team is, you know. They've had tough losses, and you want to take a couple of those, but their losses come against really good teams. So I don't know. I've always been a Kirk Cousins guy. I love the man. I hope he does well in future endeavors. And I hope it's not a fluke, but I think, like you said, I think he's the line of me, it, not mediocrity, but like if you're worse, they, I don't know. Play.
1: Yeah, average average play.
0: play. That's a perfect way to put it, Jade.
2: He doesn't elevate you, but he doesn't kill you.
0: Amen. Amen. All right, let's dive into the next thing to watch in this game, and that is A.J. Dillon, my boy, hopping in as the RB1 in this game with the absence of Aaron Jones, who apparently is set to miss one to two weeks with an MCL sprain. Mitchell, you got anything on that?
1: At this point, I'm not seeing anything more than what the minimal, like, average injury report is for – Aaron Jones, I wouldn't expect any more for him. A.J. Dillon is obviously the clear-cut number one running back choice in this absence.
0: Very true. Very true. Um, But you mentioned it. A.J. Dillon, phenomenal so far this year in the opportunities that he he has had to flash. And he definitely had that opportunity after Aaron Jones left the game versus Seattle. And A.J. Dillon finished with 21 carries. 66 yards and two touchdowns basically drove that Green Bay offense in the game. Uh, Aaron Rodgers was struggling considering it was coming back from COVID. But yeah, A.J. Dillon, love the guy. I've always been a big fan, refrigerator legs. And prior to week 10, just to show you guys that this is not like some fluke that he did this for Seattle, he had more than eight carries in five of the prior six games. So, Jaden, I'll start with you, bro. Do you think this is the best running back duo in football outside of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt? And if so, what does it mean possibly for life after Aaron
1: Rodgers?
2: Uh yeah, I'm just trying to run through guys real quick. Yeah, I'd have to say it. Is the only other people or the only other pair that I could think gives it a run for its money is Zeke and Tony Pollard. Uh, but definitely AJ Dillon, you know, give your flowers. He's great. I was actually able to pull off a trade in a work league of AJ Dillon and David Montgomery for Andre Swift this morning. So that's pretty cool. Wow. Um, yeah, I think he's going to be great. I think he's probably going to be a top 10 fantasy running back throughout the next two weeks. Cause they have the buy in week 13 and you'll, that's probably when you'll see him come back as week 14. Um, but yeah, this is probably the best pair and AJ Dillon going to be a premium handcuff going forward.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. And what do you think it means for life after Aaron Rodgers? And what I mean by that is, like, maybe if A.J. Dillon really does well in this stretch without Aaron Jones, are they less concerned about bringing Aaron Rodgers back? Does this team become a run-dominant offense? Like what Aaron Jones
2: could run for 250 yards each of the next two games, and they will still be extremely
0: concerned about bringing Aaron Rodgers back. Very true. Very true. I think it does give you a little optimism, though. Like, as far as, like, if you do end up without Aaron Rodgers next year, obviously you've got Jordan Love, uh, the guy you drafted in the first round as your quarterback, future quarterback to sit behind Aaron Rodgers for a few years and then step in, which he would be set to do if Aaron Rodgers ends up leaving, and you leave him with possibly the best running back duo in football outside of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Well, good debate there over the uh, A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones talk, uh, but... With that, let's dive into the tail of the tape for this game and who we got for our picks. Uh, I will start with tail of the tape with the Packers defense, dude, who have really shown up. Like I started the year really questionable about this Packers defense as we all were. Uh, the D.C. Joe Barry, like I was like, I don't know if I feel great about him. And there was a lot of question marks, but they have really proved the doubters wrong. They have held opponents to 14 points or less in three of their last four games. And the only team to score more than 14 points during the expand was the Arizona Cardinals. Um, they have allowed the third least total yards per game at 309.9. They have allowed the third least points per game at 18 and they have eight interceptions in their last five games, eight interceptions in the last five games. Wow. And you got Darnell Savage, Adrian Amos, uh, Eric Stokes has looked phenomenal too. I think, that <laughs> I think the age of uh, Kevin King being the number one cornerback in green Bay is over now. Uh Eric Stokes looks phenomenal this year, the rookie out of Georgia, but let's dive into the biking side of the tail of the tape and their defense has really proven to do very well so far this year, especially in the sack category. They are tied with the Browns and the Rams for the most sacks in the NFL at 29, but they really do struggle against the run which will be very interesting to see how AJ Dillon fares against a bad run defense in the Vikings they are 27th best against the run they allow 130.6 yards per game to running backs and on the offensive side which is a good note for Minnesota and driven by Kirk Cousins and Dalvin Cook who I've grown to hate uh, because he basically costed me the season in duck league uh hate that man now but uh, the offense for Minnesota, seventh in yards per game, three hundred eighty-seven point two. So let's dive into the spreads and the money lines. Uh, the spread is Green Bay minus one and a half. The money lines, Green Bay minus 125, Minnesota plus 105. And Jane, I'll start with you. Who you got for this game?
2: I think I like Green Bay in this one. Uh, I think that the run game, they're not going to be able to, dump it off to A.J. Dillon as much, even though I know he did do a good enough job last week uh, catching the ball. But I think the run game is going to be working for them, and Aaron Rodgers is there this week. Uh, I find a hard time betting against them the weather plan right now.
0: So give me the kickbackers on both. Yeah, not only is Aaron Rodgers back in this game, like he is back back because he has had a full week to practice, unlike last week when he went and played Seattle and was on Zoom all week. So he's had a full week of practice, and he won't look rusty like he did last game. Mitchell, who you got in this game?
1: Fuck Aaron Rodgers. We're going Minnesota on the money line and on the spread.
0: Wow. Tyler
1: is going to love this. This team could beat any team in the NFL as long as Mike Zimmer is a competent – NFL head coach in his play calling. As long as he incorporates Justin Jefferson and Adam Deon, this team is set. It's just a matter of how he operates this team if they are up a touchdown. That is literally –
2: That is not a given.
0: And I feel like this is a little I bit know. of a biased observation considering your team got beat by the Minnesota Vikings last
2: year. I mean, you have Justin Jefferson in one league and Adam Thielen in another.
1: I mean, all it takes is you guys shut and fuck up, and then we're good. Hey, wow. Fair. Fair. All, right. all right. Maybe we'll Cousins, take it away. Man. Kirk right. Cousins, <laughs> the best quarterback in the NFL since week nine in the NFL last year. Come on.
0: I like it. No debate. I love- let I love the passion. Have a, I love the podium for four
1: picks since then. Come on.
0: Come on. Come at him, guys. <laughs> Come, on. Come on. He wants all, all he wants Kirk all the smoke. Bring me all there. the smoke. Yeah. Mitchell wants to smoke with everybody listening to the podcast. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, let me give you my pick for this game, real quick. Uh, I gotta go with Jaden. I'm gonna take Green Bay. He's got Aaron Rodgers full week of practice. Uh, I don't think this running game is going to skip a beat with A.J. Dillon in there. Um, Yeah. Give me the Packers, bro. And
1: Minnesota has
0: really severely bad outside corners. And Devontae Adams will eat them up. The 100-year-old Patrick Peterson. So, yeah. Give me the Packers on the spread and the money line. All right. Well, the next game that we got on the slate today is the Cowboys, who are at the Chiefs this week. Cowboys are sitting at seven and two. Chiefs are sitting at six and four now. Uh, this is in the four thirty window, and this is possibly the best game that we have seen in a while. Well, I, I've been saying that about a lot of games recently, and they end up to be duds. So maybe I'll just say this game will be bad. But on paper, it looks like an exciting one. Uh, we'll start with the injury report though. And what you got on CEH, Mr. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, possibly returning this week, Mitchell?
1: It sounded like that Andy Reid wants to give him another week of rest, in which, honestly, I can't blame him. Coming back from an MCL sprain, <clears throat> there is no amount of time that can be defined as the middle amount for something with the knee and a running back. And, honestly, if he comes back this week, I'd expect Williams to get way more of the target share slash rushing share compared to CEH. Clyde Edwards-Elaire, yeah. as Tyler <laughs> would call him, I would not expect to have a sh- a heavy rushing slash target share this week. I'm all in on Williams this week. No matter how bad the score is, Clyde is not in tune with this offense yet fair i really that was an in-depth injury
0: analysis i like it dude we need to we need more of that <laughs> as he takes his giant cup and sips it
1: That's water. it's water thank
0: god oh nice Drink
1: vodka. <laughs>
0: <laughs> jesus christ all right well Let's move on from the injury report stuff on Clyde Edwards-Elam. <laughs> and let's dive into the next thing to watch in this game and that is can the Kansas City Chiefs keep rolling? And I say this with heavy heart because I picked the Raiders last week. I was the only one among the podcast members to pick the Raiders and Ooh. they got beat down. They got beat. Down. Uh final score was 41 to 14, but As you guys talked about a lot on last podcast, it looks like this Chiefs offense might be back. Patrick Mahomes finished 35 for 50, 406 yards, five touchdowns. Kelsey went eight for 119. Uh, Tyree Kill went seven for 83 and two touchdowns. And Darrell Williams went nine for 101 and a touchdown in receiving Daryl Williams. So I can't imagine what this offense will look like if, They continue to get their running backs involved in the passing game. And CEH is known for that. So maybe Tyler's got a point, bro. (laughs) Like when CEH comes back, this offense might be finally seriously fixed. But anyway, the Chiefs are on a three-game winning streak, as all of us know. Um, But I will play the devil's advocate once again here. They have played during this three-game dub streak. The Giants – an Aaron rodgers list Green Bay team, and the Raiders, which, like, if you want to call that a real test, go ahead. I will not blame you for that. I thought that it was going to be a real test, but, like, I would really call on the Raiders serious competition of the Chiefs. You know, is that a real test? I don't think so. But prior to the streak, they allowed 29 points per game, and during their streak, they have allowed only 12.7 points per game. So, Jaden, I'll start with you man now that the offense is quote unquote back is the defense here to stay too here
2: to stay is a tough term because they have played very well against some offenses that Daniel Jones Jordan Love and a struggling Derek Carr I mean it's okay but this is we're talking about how deep can this defense be or how good can this defense be when you get into the playoffs and you're facing Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert. So I think they're not killing them like they have been most of the season. Um, but I, I mean, obviously, they're not this defense, is not something to hang your head on.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's been a cause of struggle for the Kansas City Chiefs for a long time, and I don't think this defense is here to stay, dude. Like like you said, they have played phenomenal these past few weeks, but it's against the Giants, the Raiders, and the Jordan Love-led Packers, so you can't take a lot away from that. Um, moving Chris Jones to the middle obviously helps them a lot going forward. He was playing the outside with uh, the injuries that they had going on, but him moving to the middle helps a lot. And, but that doesn't really help your secondary and that's where they really struggle. So Tyron Matthew can't do it by himself, just like Jamal Adams can't do it by himself in Seattle. It's the same thing. But anyway, let's move on from the chiefs talk and let's dive into the boys. The Cowboys are coming off a bounce back win versus Atlanta last week. Uh, In week nine, they had a nasty loss to Denver 30 to 16. Uh, That was Dak's first game back to action after the Patriots game. They had the bye, and then he didn't play versus – or they had the bye after the Patriots game, and you expect him to be back, um, but he wasn't, and they played Minnesota, and Cooper Rush started. And then he was back against Denver, and he just didn't look in sync, but he definitely looked in sync versus Atlanta last week. They came out with the win 43-3. to um, Absolutely awesome from the Cowboys electric offense that they got. So the Cowboys right now, they're sitting at seven and two. They're the first in the NFC East. And it looks like they're going to be running away with that division pretty easily, unless Washington made a statement by beating Tampa Bay. And maybe they come back. I don't know. But um, right now the Cowboys are the obvious favorite in the NFC East and their remaining schedule looks really promising. They only have three games remaining, Versus opponents with above a 500 record, and those are the Saints, who are barely above 500, the Raiders, who are barely above 500, and then you've got the Cardinals, which should be a tough one. But those are very easily winnable games against the Saints and the Raiders. So realistically, maybe this Cowboys team just loses one more game all year. So, Jaden, I'll ask you first: Are we looking at the Super Bowl favorite in the AFC or in the NFC right now?
2: I know I feel like we might have just discussed our Super Bowl favorite in the NFC in our last game in the Green Bay Packers. Uh I think that the Cowboys were a little kept afloat by the turnover a game by one cor- or by one player that I don't think they're going to get as consistently although he did catch a pick last week against Atlanta, but who hasn't caught a pick against Atlanta in the last 5 days? Um I just, I don't think that's going to be consistent. And we've seen how they play when they're not getting turnovers, they get the sh- their shit kicked in by Denver. So. It's the one game sample size. I, cool. I know, I know, but mm. I just, I don't think that the turnovers are going to be sustainable as I've said all year. And when they're not, they're just not as good of a team. So, and obviously we're seeing green Bay's defense is playing at an elite level right now.
0: You're talking a whole lot about uh, Well, you very great point about the Cowboys or not the Cowboys, um, the Packers defense that is phenomenal. And the Cowboys defense, especially looking at last year, and they haven't really changed coming in this year. Uh, you got Trayvon Diggs, Defense Player of the Year, possible candidate, but you didn't talk a lot about the offense, dude. Like, this is oh, no, probably- the offense is
2: great. Everybody knows how good the offense is, it's probably one of the top two or three offenses in the league, but. When it comes to playoff time, if you can't stop anybody, they and don't get me wrong, they could 100% make a Super Bowl run because all they have to do is get hot on offense. They can outscore anybody. But if the offense isn't going and you go hit a wall of a defense like a Green Bay or even like a
0: Rams, once they get everything figured out, uh, they could be in trouble. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. Um, But, you know, the formula for outscoring teams instead of trying to defend them – uh, the Bills and the Chiefs and Packers uh, last year have made that a point of emphasis that that is very possible. Maybe you don't need a defense. And when you've got defense player of the year, Candidate Trayvon Diggs on the other side, maybe that's all you need with an ele- offense this electric. Mitchell, what you think?
1: I think that Micah Parsons has made the complete difference on this defense. They very have true. a slight difference on pass rush that they haven't had in years. And honestly, it doesn't take much. Trayvon Diggs plays such an opportunistic defense. That's all they needed on this defense. They were not good. They still are not good on defense. But all it takes is one turnover per game to flip this offense and defense into a top five team in the league to a top 20 team in the league. And that is literally all it took. And Trayvon Diggs is the most opportunistic safety in the league because he is a receiver at heart.
0: Very true. He is a receiver at heart. Uh, you mentioned safety. Okay. I've been saying that they should switch him to safety for a minute now, bro. He should be a safety. Basically, is already. But great point about Michael Parsons. We didn't bring him up. He yeah. has. He's, been, he's phenomenal. been fantastic. Yeah, defensive rookie of the year pretty blatant right lock. now he might
2: have he might be the only oh, person that has a award on lock right now because Demar chase i mean mac jones has really opened up that offensive rookie of the year race
0: yeah good talk on the cowboys and the chiefs uh with that let's dive into the tail of the tape shall we uh obviously it's no secret to anyone this is going to be a battle of offense in this game and we're all super excited for it i will speak for all of us but dallas They lead the way right now, obviously, with the Kansas City Chiefs offense just coming back to life against the Raiders on Sunday night. Um, Dallas has been leading the way for most of the year. Regardless, uh, you take out Kansas City because they've struggled so far. But Dallas, first in yards per game, and they are first in points per game. They scored 31.6 points per game and they put up 433.9 yards per game on average. That is ridiculous. First in both categories in the NFL. And then you've got the Kansas city chiefs who, despite their bad performances early on in the year, they are still fourth in yards per game, 405.6 and they are third in passing yards per game, 295.1. So, Now that I covered the tail of the tape, let's dive into the spread and the money lines for this game. Spread, Kansas City, minus two and a half. And the money lines, Kansas City, minus 140. Dallas, plus 120. Um, I'll go ahead with my pick first. And as much as I want to believe, like, well, I don't really want to believe that the Chiefs are back just because I'm tired of it. I'm sick of it. I want to see another buddy or another buddy, another person do well in this league besides the Kansas city chiefs. Um, I'm going to take Dallas on this one on the spread and the money line, just because I need to see it against a legitimate team that is going to guaranteed, put up a lot of points against you. I need to see it again because that was the first time all year that we had seen the Kansas city chiefs offense operate really, really efficiently and how they should be doing like Patrick Mahomes finally finally got the ball out quick in that one like against the Raiders I don't know you take the Patrick Mahomes that you saw earlier in the year and you compare him to the guy who played against the Raiders on Sunday night and the first thing you notice is the time to throw like he was getting the ball out quick he was getting the ball to his running backs on the receiving game on the receiving side so that's great and all but I need to see it again Um, until then, I'm taking Dallas on the spread of the money line. Jaden, what you got?
2: Uh, I think I'm going to be going with the Chiefs on this one. They're going to be playing at Arrowhead. And I just – I don't think that the Cowboys are going to be able to put enough pressure on Mahomes. And the Chiefs are obviously hot right now. Cowboys are coming off of a 40-point win. But I think that if they can – Chiefs can just limit the turnovers, I think they should be able to win
0: this game. Fair. Mitchell, what you got?
1: As much as I do not want to believe in this Chiefs team, I think the Chiefs have this. It's just the Cowboys. They are a consistent letdown year after year no matter what you expect out of them. They have either the top offensive line, they have all the weapons in the world you could ask for, and they just consistently let you down. No matter what I expect out of them, I wish i wish they would be able to beat this kansas city Chiefs team i don't think they will
0: all right let's dive into the next game that we got on the slate and that is the eight and two arizona cardinals at the three and six seattle seahawks this is in the 430 window let's dive into the things to watch and i'll start off with the injury reports what you got on uh, chris carson Kyler murray and deandre hopkins mitchell
1: As an owner of Chris Carson, it hurts me to say that at this point, if he doesn't play this week, do not expect him back this season whatsoever. A neck injury is nothing to play with because it's likely to be a herniated disc. And at this point, he needs surgery on that. If they are not at all in contention after this game, expect him to be shut down for the year. That is just Chris Carson. Neck injury, anything about it, it just screams shut down to me. And Kyler Murray, that deltoid ligament injury to his ankle, he is probably pretty likely to play. He's been logging limited practices this week. I just wouldn't expect any rushing stats out of him. Granted, it's against the Seahawks, they don't have a very good secondary, but yeah, I wouldn't expect one of the worst secondaries. Exactly. It, it is not a good defense, but I wouldn't expect a typical Ty, Tyler Murray logging out, out of this game in fantasy. And DeAndre Hopkins, that hamstring injury, I think it's going to nag for a while. He has not looked good so far. Maybe he is the most touchdown-dependent receiver in fantasy football this week. If he is at all active, if that, I would not start him, no matter what. Fair in wow. fantasy, yeah. No um, matter what, I wouldn't start him.
2: I have newly acquired DeAndre Hopkins once again because I'll never learn, and I have him. But I'm starting both Jalen Waddle and Deontay Johnson. Deontay Johnson, fairly obvious at this point, but yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm going to wait till I see it. Like Jalen Waddle he... starting
0: to creep into know, the obvious category too.
1: I've but I'm a lot wait till since I week see,
0: six. Yeah.
2: I'm going to wait till I see Hopkins play a good game before I start yeah, him. For sure. Again.
0: Mitchell, you mentioned Chris Carson, though. Like that, they, Pete Carroll came out and said that progress isn't going as good as they expected. And anytime you hear that, from like I have not heard that from an NFL organization about one of their players in a very long time. I can't even remember the last time I heard that negative of an outlook because generally you want to stay optimistic especially from the media, but they literally told him that he was not making the, so it must be it's got to be much worse than that. Like something, he's nowhere near back.
1: Something like a neck injury you do not want to play with because honestly if you mess it up worse than what you're expecting, it's life or death. Very true. It is honestly that bad for a running back because you're going to take contact every play. If you take it in the wrong direction, wrong angle, you can be paralyzed. And that's just the God's honest truth to it. And I love Chris Carson. He's a great running back. But it is not worth risking someone's fantasy season over you playing this game or the next few games over it fair. Enough. I know that may hurt. That's going to hurt some feelings, but he <laughs> should sit out the rest of the year, no matter what he should sit out.
0: I agree. I mean, I've never heard of that negative of an outlook from the team itself. So yeah, good thoughts on Chris Carson there and the Kyler and D hop injuries. Um, but let's dive into the other things to watch in this game. And first The Cardinals looked to bounce back after their blowout loss against the Panthers last week, which was a shocker because Cardinals without Kyler and without D hop, they still came out and trampled the 49ers. And you were like, oh, Cliff Kingsbury, obvious coach of the year candidate. Like it's all said and done at this point. But then they go out without Kyler Murray. And without DeAndre Hopkins for the second week in a row, and they get blown out 34 to 10 against the Panthers. So, Jaden, I'll start with you. Does this kind of change your outlook on Cliff Kingsbury as far as coach of the year lock?
2: Uh, I mean, I never had him as a coach of the year lock. I just feel like he was coaching the best team in the NFL yeah. at the time that we like made our thing. Uh, He's definitely done a great job with the roster that they have. I think a lot of credit, though, is due to their GM, Steve Kahn. He's done a great job putting this roster together. They're deep, um, and they have very little holes. They were able to get James Conner, who, you know, is a starting level running back for practically nothing, and the same thing with A.J. Green. So, you know, kudos to him. But uh, I'm still shaky on Kingsbury. Like, I don't know. I'm not, like – he doesn't bring like a one hundred percent revolutionary new scheme, and I just I don't know it's something about him I don't buy.
0: I don't know. He does bring a revolutionary scheme because I wouldn't like, call it, like it's good. It's
2: not revolutionary.
0: Yeah, I mean it's definitely not changing the game of football or anything. But like air raid, and I, like that's something <laughs> fact that, that, that was super popular. That. <laughs>
2: The fact that I'm asking, you know, the standard is bringing a brand new scheme that will revolutionize
0: the game of football. Yeah, that's a hell of a bar to Maybe set. A bit <laughs> much, but yeah, for sure. I'm taking Mike Rabel, though, for coach of the year now. I mean, until that was a bad loss. And granted, what did it was
1: Tyler out corrupt you here. Come on.
0: Nah bro, I had Mike Brable as the coach of the year before you guys convinced me that Cliff Kingsbury was the favorite and I couldn't argue with that. I did until not this say week. that.
1: That was purely Jaden.
0: No, we all unanimously decided that Kingsbury was the coach of the year, but I'm taking Vrabel now, dude. I like I think it's it's not clear. The margin is very slim, but I'm taking Brable as a coach of the year now. So, yeah. All right. Well, I want to ask you guys after the Rams who are in the same division as the Arizona Cardinals, after the Rams have dropped two straight games, they are on a two L streak. Are the Cardinals the clear favorite in the NFC West Uh, really quickly. The Rams have the seventh hardest remaining strength schedule. Uh, They have at green Bay, Jacksonville at Arizona, Seattle at Minnesota, at Baltimore, and then San Francisco, which is a very difficult schedule remaining, but. Then you go to the Cardinals. We have the fourth easiest remaining strength the schedule. They only play two teams over 500 for the rest of the season and those two teams are the Cowboys and the Rams. So, are we taking the Cardinals as the clear favorite in the NFC West, Jaden? Uh
2: no, cuz I think the Rams could definitely turn it around. They're only what a game behind the Cardinals. So, I mean, this division is very close. It's going to be one. Of, it's going to be one of those two teams: Rams or Cardinals. Though,
0: yeah, both are making the playoffs. That's, I mean, oh, that's yeah, a lot. Hundred percent. Yeah, but I got to take the Cardinals now, bro. Like, a, like as, as a, a lock? favorite at law. Ah, no
1: favorite. Lock. Yes.
0: No, I'm not saying yeah, lock. Favorite. I'm saying Favorite. Okay,
1: I can't do that.
0: I'm giving them the favorite in the division now. The Rams have not looked good in the past two games. Stafford has really struggled in these past two games. And with the loss of Robert Woods, I think OBJ is going to take a while to get up to speed. And I think he'll mostly be a decoy for the next couple of weeks. And the loss of Robert Woods as a receiving threat really hurts this Rams team. And it really hurts Matt Stafford. So, and it's been evident especially against the 49ers on Monday Night Football. So, yeah, give me the Cardinals as the favorite in the division. Mitchell?
1: I still think it's a Rams division lose. Come on. I I get Odell is not necessarily, like, a locker room favorite. He's not going to follow the playbook. But you have Van Jefferson and Cooper Cup, along with Daryl Henderson running it up the gut. I just think that this team – can manage to play by whatever Sean McVay wants them to.
0: All right. Well, that's good debate there. But let's hop into the next thing to watch in this game, and that is Russell Wilson making his way back from surgery slowly, but surely. Um, He played last week against Green Bay, but it was obvious to everyone that that was not the Russell Wilson that we know. He went 20 for 40, 161 yards, and two picks. That is the first time Seattle has been shut out in the Russell Wilson area or not area in the Russell Wilson era. So not the best Russell Wilson. Uh, Mitchell, did you see anything there that maybe caused you concern or do you think it was just him getting back to normal?
1: I saw a lot of whiffs on Russell Wilson's part, and that is not characteristic of Russell Wilson. Sorry about that. But he is, if not an accurate passer. And watching him whiff on a lot of Tyler Lockett passes, it just drew a lot of concern from me. I did not think he was ready for the return last week. And it might be, honestly, another two to three weeks for him to return to form.
0: All right. Well, you had some great points about Russell Wilson not looking the best in the last game.
1: I will say,
2: I will say, though, and like, yes, he had the I think it was a pin in his finger, something like that. You know, it's cold weather game that could definitely 100 percent affect that. And to be totally honest, he didn't look that awful throwing the ball like you would think, you know, maybe he's struggling to get the ball there. There were a couple of times he sailed. I mean, he sailed Tyler Lockett. I mean, that was a 50 or 60 yard play that he overthrew Tyler Lockett it's like he was just making bad decisions like he Mm -hmm. looked like he hadn't played a game of football before that might have been I mean that is the worst performance I've seen from Russell Wilson probably since he's been in the league like it was that bad not trying to overreact first time
1: being
0: shut out in the Russell Wilson might have been
2: one of the worst quarterback performances of
0: this season like it was was,
1: Russ's rust
0: oh Russ's rust very true Russell Wilson (laughs) Yes, little Russell Wilson. (laughs) All right. Well, I want to ask you guys, Jaden, I'll start with you. Um, Was last week's game against Green Bay kind of a must-win game for Russell Wilson in Seattle? Because... I mean, they are not sitting with the prettiest of records right now. They're sitting at three and six now with the loss last week. Um, They do have the seventh easiest remaining strength in schedule. Um, The only games that they have notable coming up is that they play Arizona twice. They play the Rams and they play the Niners. But the other ones they play, they play Detroit, they play Houston, they play Chicago, and they play Washington football team. So was last week's game kind of a must win? Are we counting Seattle out now?
2: I wouldn't count them out yet, but it was about as close to a must win game in week 10 as you can get, because yes, they do have four like should be wins like those are games where if they lose then their season is over any of those four games if they lose they're done, but if they can win those four games in addition to stealing. A couple like 49ers game, maybe a win from the Cardinals. Those are all divisional games. Those mean a lot more when it comes down to standings because you're going to be able to get tiebreakers and stuff like that. When you're in the wild card race, if you've got the same record, it comes down to divisional record. If you can develop a good divisional record throughout this next stretch, you get four opportunities to do that. Could be very big.
0: Mm, very interesting thought. And especially with the Rams kind of trending downwards, you know, maybe this Seattle team does yeah. still have a window. Mitchell? What do you think?
1: I just think that it's the same Seattle Seahawks team as you've seen <laughs> the past decade. Somehow they will find a way to the playoffs because Russell Wilson, as magic as he is, will find a way to get them to like nine and eight, ten and seven, the bare minimum of being the 10 seed or the seven seed and they will get into the playoffs, won't do anything in the playoffs, and Pete Carroll will So you're survive. calling them into the
0: playoffs. You're already Pete, locking them in.
1: I'm, I'm locking them in because Pete, wow. Carroll, Pete Carroll finds a way to save his job every year. No matter how minimal it is, he will keep his job yet another year, even though he is what is hindering this Seattle Seahawks team from – Expanding. They, Pete
0: Carroll is one of the best NFL coaches of all time.
1: He's a solid coach. Ask Tyler. He's
0: coach. Solid. solid coach. He, do you remember at, what he did at USC? Yes.
1: Yeah, USC. He did great USC. at USC,
0: which means yeah, he's not a good Because he fucking NFL paid
1: coach. his players. He paid his players to show up.
0: He has won a Super Bowl with Seattle and he has kept them in contention. Get get
1: out of here. Russell Wilson. The Legion of Boom was intact before he showed up to Seattle. Get out of here.
2: That, and if they have no Russell Wilson, this team is absolutely awful. Trash. Take take Russell Wilson off this team. They're struggling to not have the number one pick.
1: They have two wins at best without Russell Wilson. You put Geno Smith at quarterback. They're lucky.
2: Yeah. Give to them a season the
0: Smith. See how good uh, Pete Carroll is at that point. This is the classic quarterback coach debate, though. Like, are we really putting oh, it? It's, it's Russell, 100% like...
1: Russ over Pete Carroll. 100%.
2: There are a lot of coaches that would have the same success with the teams that Pete Carroll's had. There are not
0: many quarterbacks. Exactly. I get, I get what you're saying. <laughs> you
1: get
0: what yeah, you're saying. I was like. Yeah, I get what you're
1: saying. Literally, any team with Russell Wilson, if they had even a semi formidable coach, would guarantee like twelve wins. Pete Carroll. Well, it's not not trending towards
0: figure. It's not trending towards twelve wins for the Seahawks so far this season. So that leads me to my next question, which we'll cover really quickly. But if this. (laughs) If this season doesn't turn out, like, let's say Seattle doesn't make it back, which is very likely, honestly. um, Do you think Russell Wilson is out of Seattle after this year? Because over the offseason, there was really a lot of bad things going on between Russell Wilson and the front office. And he came out and said, like, earlier in the season, this season, that it was all blown out of proportion, but things were bad in Seattle. He was very close to moving. So, if this season doesn't pan out the Seahawks' way, do you see Russell Wilson out of town, Jaden?
2: I wouldn't say I see him out of town, but this is definitely a franchise-altering season, The franchise-altering next eight weeks for the Seattle Seahawks. I think that if – Russell Wilson looks, you know, I find it very hard to believe that Russell Wilson looks anything like how he did last week again and moving forward consistently. But if this is the direction he's trending, the Seattle Seahawks might look to move on from Russell Wilson more than Russell Wilson looks to move on from the Seattle
0: Seahawks. Hmm. I don't know about that, bro. Man, we just got done talking about how much Russell Wilson has meant to the Seahawks team. And listen, he came back. I, I know he
2: means a lot early. Yeah.
0: He came back early from surgery. Like-
2: That's who he is. That's who he is. But listen, this team is like, you know what the Rams have been doing, where they've been buying all in. They've been selling their, their all their draft picks, all their assets to get win now players. The Seahawks have been doing the same thing to a lower extent. But they don't have a first-round pick this year. They didn't have one last year. They have not done very well drafting. They This this team is not winning Super Bowl. You, uh, you can't convince me that it will especially in a stacked NFC, it, this team is not winning a Super Bowl as great as Russell Wilson is. And Russell Wilson is what, 31, 32 now? It might be time.
0: I He's over think it, 30. I think it's very fair to say that the maybe it's rebuild mode after this season for the Seahawks. I I totally agree. Maybe it is time to move on from the Russell Wilson era but I think it'll probably be very mutual considering that Russell Wilson was always out of town in this past offseason and things weren't quite as bad. So, yeah, I think not good things for Russell Wilson's future in Seattle, but that's good debate there. Let's dive into the tail of the tape for this game. Arizona has the fourth most points per game in the NFL at 28.7 points per game. Uh, James Conner, he has 11 touchdowns. In on the season, and that is first in the league among running backs officially now, as Derrick Henry has been sitting for three weeks. <laughs> so, but this Cardinals defense, we've talked about it a lot this year, have been really impressive. Fifth least points per game allowed and fourth least yards per game allowed. So you can put them into the top five defense categories so far this year easily. Um, Seattle, on the other hand. Has a stinky defense. They have allowed the second most yards per game. Um, The only other team to allow more than 400 yards per game is the Jets, and that second team is the Seahawks. Um, They have also allowed the fourth most passing yards per game. And when you're going up against Kyler Murray, that does not mean good things. So, given those little statistics, let's dive into our picks for this game and the spreads and the money line um arizona is favored minus two and a half the money lines arizona minus 130 seattle plus 110 uh jane i'll start with you who are you taking?
2: i really wish the spread was bigger because i would take seattle if it was three and a half three even but two and a half makes it really hard so i think i'm going to go with the cardinals on both uh i do think that you know i'm pretty sure i said something about it last week this is a must win game for seattle if, if they lose this game they might find themselves out of the wild card race. Like it's it. And it's, you got to start looking at the off season and what you're going to do with Russell Wilson. But if they win this game, they could turn their season around. This is a win against one of the top teams in the NFL would mean a lot for momentum going forward, but they got to win this game. But if Kyler Murray plays, give me Arizona.
1: Fair Mitchell. I am taking the Seahawks on both. I think this is just what Pete Carroll needs to keep his job. And as much as I don't want to say it, this is what's going to happen. Russell Wilson is going to beat the Arizona Cardinals. Tyler Lockett is going to have his game because he does it every game against the Arizona Cardinals.
2: That is his
0: opinion. That is the opinion.
1: What happened last year? He had two breakout games last year against the Arizona Cardinals. This is a as very as different
0: I... Cardinals defense. I agree. I think that the Seattle Seahawks with Russell Wilson his back up against the wall. I really think he's just a different breed. Uh, imagine how hard he's working at practice this week. Um, I think DK Metcalf right. and Tyler Lockett are going to have a fantastic game. Um, it kind of sucks not having Chris Carson not being able to develop a run game. Um, Alex Collins is also questionable for this game, Uh, but give me Seattle. I just like, I can't see them losing a second consecutive must win game under Russell Wilson. So, all right, let's dive into the last game on the slate and that should be a fun one to talk about because it is Jaden Kozak's Pittsburgh Steelers who are sitting at five, three and one at, The Los Angeles Chargers, who Mitchell is such a proud fan of, we're sitting at five and four. This is the Sunday Night Football matchup, so let's dive into it. First thing to watch in this game, though, TJ Watt's dealing with a little bit of something right now. You got anything on that, Mitchell?
1: I have that he has yet to practice this week, and it is looking more and more unlikely for him to play in this game. And granted, Ben Roethlisberger got put onto the COVID list last Saturday. It usually takes about 10 days for that to get off of it. And if you're doing your math at home, that's eight days. That's not 10 days. And Minka yeah. Patrick, unlikely to play as well. So uh, i like let Kane take over for a little bit of this. There we go. I mean, those are
0: some big guys that I didn't mention. Minka, uh, Big Ben. Especially what you saw out of Mason Rudolph last week, you definitely want Big Ben in there instead. But there's still a chance for him to play. Um, they're uh, they're not optimistic, uh, but there's definitely Mason Rudolph has been taking all the first team snaps this week. But there's definitely optimism that Big Ben plays. But we'll see. We'll see. All right, my first thing to watch in this game, uh, Mitchell. I'll, I'm looking forward to your answer to this one, but. What is wrong with the L.A. Chargers right now, dude? In the first five games of the season, they went four and one. The last four games, they're one and three. And during this course, they have had losses to Baltimore, New England and Minnesota. Their only win came against Philadelphia, dude. Philadelphia, barely, barely. And during this span of four games, they're allowing 28 points per game. This defense is really struggling. And Justin Herbert is really struggling, too. During this four-game span, he has four interceptions. He had three interceptions in the five games prior. And he's had a QBR less than 20 in two of the last four games. And he's had less than 225 passing yards in three of the last four games. Um, then you got Austin Eckler who's really struggling. He only has one rushing touchdown in the last four. He has three catches in less than 25 yards in two straight games. So, what the hell is wrong with the Chargers right now, Mitchell? Take it away.
1: Let's start off. Austin Eckler is the least of my concerns. But if we're going to be honest – how?
0: How is Austin Eckler the least of your concerns? He has one rushing touchdown in the last four games. He has three catches and less than 25 yards in two straight games. He has one receiving touchdown in the last four games. He had three touchdowns in three straight games prior. This is not the same Austin Eckler that we saw at the beginning of the year.
1: Yeah, he's a running back. That does not matter. (laughs) If we're going to be honest, we look at the Patriots defense. I I just read off receiving stats to you. If we look at the Patriots game, if Jared Cook had turned around a half second sooner, we would have won that game. Adrian Phillips, a former Chargers safety, picked us off for a pick six. I'll scratch that game. That's a Patriots are a great team. I'm not gonna deny them anything. They are a great team. You look at this last game, this last week. Okay. Finally, Mike Zimmer. I, I I didn't want to credit them, but they are a great team as long as Mike Zimmer does not cost them the game. As long well, as he throws I keep in- hearing you. I keep
0: hearing you making excuses for your team, bro. Tell me what's wrong with this team. Why have you lost
1: three of your last four games? Why? We aren't calling any deep passes. Somehow, Anthony Lynn... Figured out Justin Herbert's strengths more than Brandon Staley. It is a weird topic to talk about, but he realized that this man had the talent of Josh Allen of throwing that 25 to 50 yards down through yield better than any quarterback in the NFL, and he hasn't capitalized on it yet. He semi-capitalized on it, the first few weeks with Mike Williams on those deep touchdown passes, but he decided that it was a great idea to cut Tyron Johnson, one of the better deep receiving receivers in the league, and thought, oh, hey, we'll manage on these, like, 5- to 15-yard passing routes, and it has pissed me off ever since. He thought that these like getting in rhythm passing routes would get him on topic and it just hasn't worked.
0: Very solid thoughts on the chargers. I liked your little rant that you gave us there. That was, that was nice. That was nice. But I want to open the floor to questioning really quickly. Um, Are we taking the chargers or the field as far as playoffs go now in the AFC West chargers are sitting at second, five and four, and it's starting to look like the Chiefs are the favorite in this division now sitting at six and four. So if you're looking at a wild card spot for the Chargers, you got to compete with the Steelers, the Patriots, the Bengals, the Raiders, the Colts, the Browns. So we taking the Chargers or the field. Jaden? I mean, considering the fact that there's three spots,
2: and I think that they will 100% earn at least one of those spots. I don't know where they'll be ranked. It's not a promise that they're going to be at five. I think if I had to predict it right today, I think they would be the best of those teams that you just listed. Um, But the AFC is wide open. You lose one game, you could drop five spots in the seating. It's ridiculous.
0: For sure. Mitchell, taking the field or the Chargers?
1: What do you expect? I'm taking Chargers all day, every day. Come on, we have straight trash. The AFC West, the Raiders are done for, the Broncos are done for the Chiefs. We gotta win one game against them. The Bengals, they are trash. Come on. We'll see about Fair Sunday enough. night. Other than that,
0: oh, trash. we will see about Got Sunday night on that. There you go. All right, let's dive into the next thing to watch in this game, and that is the Pittsburgh Steelers begin their gauntlet officially this week. They have the hardest strength of schedule remaining. They play only one team below 500, and that is the Minnesota Vikings, who probably shouldn't be under 500 at all, so... Really tough schedule coming forward. Um, they're coming off their first tie, or not their first tie, the NFL's first tie of the year against the Detroit Lions, who have yet to secure a win so far this year. Um, the final was 16-16. to 16, Not very great. As I'm saying all of this, Jaden is laying his head on his desk in depression, which I would be too, man. That is a hell of a schedule forward. But you mentioned earlier, Mitchell, big Ben on the COVID list. He did not practice this week. There's still a chance that he starts, but Mason Rudolph would start if Ben is out. So, Jaden, I'll ask you, are you calling it a season yet, or do you still have faith?
2: I mean, I kind of figured I'd be calling it a season. This is not like new, like the Lions game is not like, oh, well, we're we're fucked. Um, I did say that we needed to win all of those games leading up to this one, and we did not. Um, I don't know. Like, like I just said, the AFC is such a mess right now. I definitely think we could sneak in. Uh, we do have their, we always split with the Ravens. So I definitely think we could steal a game from them. We could very well beat the Bengals. We could beat the Browns. We could beat the Chargers on Sunday. You know, if we get solid enough quarterback play, especially if Joey Bosa isn't playing Mason Rudolph always looks uncomfortable and the Chargers have no pass rush without Joey Bosa. So maybe, you know, Mason Rudolph looks comfortable enough and they have the worst run defense in the NFL. We have a certain Najee Harris yeah. that matches up well. And the Vikings, you never know what they're going to be from week to week.
0: Um, you guys, so- Mitchell, you just said you guys didn't have the worst rush defense in the league. It is not even close. You, yeah, guys, you guys allow are 30 like- yards more per game to running backs than any other team in the NFL. 30 yards more. That is bad. So, Jaden, continue your
1: steal. Yeah. Okay. Sorry.
2: <laughs> okay. Mitchell said it's cap.
0: Um,
2: so, I definitely think there's a chance for us to make the playoffs. Do I think we're going to make a Super Bowl run? Absolutely not. Um, like I said, this is kind of what I expected coming into this week. Like, I, I knew what I know what's coming, I know what's about to happen. I'm going to be disappointed at the end of it.
0: You almost wish wish that the Steelers, like, tanked instead this year?
2: See, do I wish? Maybe, but we're not going to get into the top ten. And it's not a quarterback class. This is not a great quarterback class. This is not the year I want to tank. And the Steelers don't tank. That's just not what we do as a franchise. I mean, just who we are as an organization. And this team is not that bad to the point where, like, okay, we need to tank. Like, We're still I'd say like outside of Denver, if Aaron Rodgers does end up leaving Green Bay, I don't think there's a better option in the NFL for him to go than Pittsburgh.
0: Yeah. And I I'm sorry for all the shit I gave the Steelers for this season. I, I really am because I don't know what I was thinking, honestly, because this team was the only undefeated team in the league last year for a long period of time until the watch football team beat you guys. But. This was a serious contender last year until they got blown out in the playoffs. But I gave I will too die much. Die on first. the
2: hill that, that you play that game, that Cleveland Browns game, you play that 100 times, you play it even 10 times. That, that result doesn't happen again. That wouldn't have happened. <laughs> the things that happened in that game. First off, very first play, snap flies over his head, touchdown Browns. Next drive, you get a freaking picked. Shut up. You have zero rings in your entire franchise history. And uh, you didn't say anything. We have plenty. No, I was I was talking to Mitchell. I was going okay. I was letting you slide. Um, you have two picks that are picked off after a smack at the line of scrimmage. And then we actually played well for a little bit. Like I know that they were winning by two scores, but we you know we had a chance there for a little bit, and then Michael like Tom and because we have been our quarterback, which is
0: totally understandable. Yeah.
2: Yeah, just a person. I'm sorry, right, well, I didn't mean to get on a tangent there. No, no, I love to hear it. We've had, it. A, we've had, a, we've had yeah. enough tangent. We,
0: we how low well do our... you
1: want us to play this week? Because I don't think the defensive line is going to be an issue.
0: Well, let's uh, is. we'll dive into more of that talk when uh, we make our picks really quick. So, I don't save, your, save your excitement, Mitchell, really quickly. Um, but let's dive into the tail of the tape for this game. Uh, Steelers four straight wins prior to last week. So despite the unfortunate result against five Detroit, straight
2: weeks of not losing, very true. Look at it that way.
0: Very true. Very true. Um, And you mentioned earlier, Najee Harris is a fucking dog. He's got 176 carries, which is second in the league. He's got 646 yards, which is sixth and he's got four touchdowns. And that's not even mentioning his receiving production Um, and big Ben, I went into the next-gen stats for this one. Um, he has the quickest time to throw among quarterbacks in the NFL, which is very impressive. And I, my big Ben Slander might be just over. I, just might be over altogether. Um, he's doing exactly what he needs to do, and just like Mac Jones does. But anyway, um, they've allowed the eighth-least points for game allowed, so the defense looked really solid. Um, let's dive into the Chargers side of the tail of the tape. And they have the seventh most passing yards per game, Um, but their defense is what really has been hampering them lately. They have allowed the eighth most points per game. They have allowed the most rushing yards per game. Uh, The next closest team. All right, Mitchell, I'll put it into perspective in exact stats. Um 155.1 rushing yards per game allowed for the Chargers. The next closest team is Houston, who allows 136.9 yards per game. And all the differential is by like a yard, a yard, a yard, a yard, until you keep going up, like maybe two yards, three yards. There is basically there's not a 19 yard difference there.
1: Right. Yards don't mean shit.
0: Yeah, we'll see. If you're saying that when Najee Harris is in your face, um, but I, I will be
1: in Jaden's face Sunday night. So.
0: <laughs> the bat, I will give the Chargers defense credit though; they have allowed the fourth least passing yards per game, so that's nice, I guess. Uh, the spread for this game: Chargers minus five and a half. The money lines: Chargers minus two seventy, Pittsburgh plus two twenty. Jaden, I'll start with you. What you got?
2: i i have no idea i like there are matchups that we can exploit in this game like the chargers lack of a right tackle if tj watt does end up playing i think that could prove very big he won't uh okay and additionally the run defense that has been so pitiful for the chargers we could definitely open that up with Najee Harris and try and control this game, especially if we can get a lead early. We can run the hell out of Najee Harris as we've done pretty much all season uh, and, you know, maybe grind out a win in a low scoring game. Chargers are kind of, kind of not doing well recently. So if we can maybe limit the production, but I could totally see us losing this game by 20 plus points. Uh, especially if Mason Rudolph is our starting quarterback, because he provides literally nothing. I think there is a legit argument to say that he's one of the worst backup quarterbacks in the league. Like there, he may he not is. be a top fifty quarterback on a roster. Like he is really, really bad. Um, I don't know why he still has a job. I don't know why Dwayne Haskins isn't playing. I'm, like I, I um, like last week, I was upset well, about it. I've been upset about it all year because he wasn't active. Last week, I kind of get it because. It's a day notice, and Dwayne Haskins, like, I totally understand. Put the backup in on a Saturday night when you find out that your starter's not playing. But he's had a whole week now. Mason Rudolph is a career backup. I've said this 100 times. He's a career backup. We know what he is in Pittsburgh. We don't know what Dwayne Haskins is. Put Dwayne Haskins in. I don't care if he sucks. I heard that he was on his phone talking to people in pregame warm-ups on Sunday. I don't care. Put him in the game. If he does terrible, just put Mason in and we'll take him, take the loss. I don't care, but just let's see what we have here.
0: I will say that all of your hope in Dwayne Haskins may oh, no, be it's unfounded. Totally, yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Because like there's for one, yeah, Turbo, there's gotta run be run it back, reason. Turbo.
1: Psh,
0: okay. <laughs> but um okay. there's gotta be a reason that Dwayne Haskins is clearly not the number two behind. there's
2: no there's no way he's that much worse than mason rudolph
0: there's no way. one's gotta know something dude he sees him every day in practice the both of them so there's a reason why dwayne haskins is not suiting up for some of these games and i saw it pretty clearly i was a huge dwayne haskins guy and he literally ron rivera just put him in the game because the season was basically lost little did we know that we were going to win the division at that point but the season was basically lost we put dwayne haskins in ron rivera was just basically putting him in as a fuck you. Um, This is, you really want this guy to play. All right. I'll show you a half of him and uh, three interceptions in the first half against Carolina last year. So yeah, not, but maybe a backup, maybe a backup, you know, I don't know. But anyway, uh, Mitchell, what you got for this game? Who you pick in? (laughs) <laughs> what I'm
1: seeing is that the linebacker core is finally healthy. Mike Davis looking like he's going to be healthy. Asante Samuel looking like he's going to be healthy. Nas Adderley looking like he's going to be healthy. Alaha Gilman looking like he's going to be healthy. AKA the entire secondary is going to be healthy. So, what the fuck well, we're is not gonna Big Ben going to so. do? You're going to throw? All right. We're going to hand the ball off. So, put Derwin James at that Jamal Adams position. and Because he has done so nothing. great at
0: that so far this year, hasn't he? What
1: he has been put him just
0: a it? run stuffer.
1: What have they put him at that? Because Lojai or Nass have been hurt the entire year. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. I think we're going to blow you guys out. There's all right.
0: Chargers Let's on the spread on the money line
1: both both yeah
0: book it book it see this is a difficult one for me because i really want to i like this like uh, i hate to say five it. five and I a do. half
1: is a hard spread to bet against i'll give yeah. you that
0: my oh, pick boy. for this game it's a tough one for me but i'm gonna go it just depends on if big ben plays and if tj watt plays and he's practicing plays. i
2: just read he's practicing as if he's gonna play or he's preparing as if he's going to play
1: which one
0: yeah which one big ben
2: oh yeah big ben
1: okay that worries me less than tj all right
0: well i'll be the one to not take both the spread and the money line i'll take uh i'll take Steelers on the spread uh chargers on the money line good stuff all right right, my friend All right, well, let's finish it off with the other remaining games that we got. Not necessarily headliner games, but we do run through all the games here on the Blitz podcast for your daily listening, or not daily listening, but twice a week listening. But all right, the first game we got on the slate of other games is the Washington football team sitting at three and six at the Carolina Panthers at five and five. Carolina's favored minus three and a half. Uh, Cam Newton seems to be ready to make the start. Um, I'll go ahead with my pick first. Dude, I mean, at this point, it doesn't matter, but I'm taking the Washington football team and spread the money line. I think Cam Newton is is not automatically Superman as soon as he enters Carolina. Um, They used him on some gadget plays last week. and when? uh, I mean, that worked very well for them, but this Washington football team is coming off a huge, a huge dub against the Tampa Bay Bucks, And Ron Rivera, like he put – stones with a note on every player's stool in the locker room that said like something had to do with like uh, David and Goliath and like taking down the Goliath and I really think that like the culture in this locker room is finally starting to turn into something good rather than always being bad and that was a statement win last week so why not give me watch the football team spread the money line Cam Newton's not ready Jaden
2: uh i'm gonna be honest with you that's
0: a little weird
2: but uh do find it hard a little like, weird you we uh, need to do
0: something bro we have the most do. toxic totally you
2: need to do something.
0: we have the most toxic organization in the national football league and it's not even close so it's nice to see a guy like ron rivera doing nice high school coaching things that's cool to me oh yeah. <laughs> um
2: but like it was really hard for me to not move the Washington Football Team up in the power rankings, but even after a win against the Bucks, but when you lose your best player at a very important position, it is really hard for you to become a better team after that. For that
0: reason, Jonathan Allen, De'Aaron Payne, Montez Sweat is going to be returning eventually. He's got a broken jaw right now. Matthew Ioannidis. These guys are None all of those are Chase Young. potential Pro Bowlers. Uh, Jonathan, Jonathan Allen is probably the clear number. He's probably the clear number one best defensive tackle in the league right now.
2: Do you you know Aaron Donald plays defensive tackle? Correct. Well,
1: wait, I'm wait, wait. What was what? that? What was that?
2: What was that? Hold on, no, 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 no. No, no,
1: no. We it. can't let that let slide. do it.
0: Let no, me no, do no, a no, snap. No, no, let me is... do a stat check. Stat check. All right
2: go ahead find me one weird statistical thing where he had more uh left-handed he is going exactly on drives when it's raining outside than aaron donald you gotta understand that he's not the best pass rusher on his team all of the offensive line attention goes to chase young aaron donald's everyone's attention. Wide receivers are trying to block Aaron Donald. Everyone is trying to block Aaron Donald.
0: The last thing that I will say on this topic, I am not saying that Jonathan Allen is a better overall football player than Aaron Donald, but he is having a very similar stat line so far this year.
2: Jonathan Allen's good, man. Don't get me wrong, but he is. He's solid, yeah. He's got got a lot of talent talent in him.
1: him. And he he does have
2: a relative, he has a very good PFF grade, 90.
0: What I'm saying bro
2: but he's not Aaron Donald but Aaron Donald has a higher PFF grade he's just Aaron Donald is arguably no different talked about it on here before he is arguably the greatest defensive player ever
1: I mean all right easy. so not one
2: pretty
0: sure defensive player Jonathan Allen has six sacks and 21 pressures Aaron Donald has six sacks and 21 pressures how about them apples
1: Okay. Mm? And
2: Jonathan Allen is getting single teamed every single play. Aaron Donald gets triple teamed.
0: All right. I'll take you there. But as far as statistically, they are having the exact same season right now. Pal. Okay. So take that one and chew on it, please. All right. Let's move on to our next game of conversation. Quarterback. Uh, what'd you guys have for the Washington football? <laughs> what'd you guys have as a Washington football team, Carolina? Would you guys pick? Give me Carolina. Spread the money line, okay? Mitchell. Yeah.
1: I'm gonna take Washington money line, but I'm gonna take Carolina on the spread. I feel like Ryan Rivera just has
0: that's not possible. enough
1: plays.
0: Wait. Oh yeah, on
1: Cam Newton. He knows what Cam Newton does well and what he doesn't does well, and doesn't do well. Sorry. And he's is is true. going to too. have just enough schemed up to keep this game manageable for the Washington football team.
0: They asked Ron Rivera uh, last week whether or not he had a um, secret playbook for Cam Newton, and he was like, oh, so, yeah, yes, of course. Yes. Yeah, of course. So it'll be interesting to see that one play out on Sunday. Next game we got on the slate had an argument to be a headliner game but ended up keeping it out, but definitely a hell of a game. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts who are sitting at five and five at the Buffalo Bills who are sitting at six and three. Buffalo is favored minus seven. Give me the Colts on the spread and the money line. I don't like what Buffalo is doing right now. And I love what the Colts are doing right now. They're really balling out. Jaden.
2: Uh, I definitely think the Colts keep with keep this within a touchdown, but I think I'm gonna go Buffalo.
0: All right. So spread, what are you taking? Oh Colts. Taking okay. The spread. Cold. all right, bet. Uh, next game we got on the slate is the Baltimore Ravens, who are sitting at six and three, at the Chicago Bears, who are sitting at three and six. Uh, Baltimore's favored minus four and a half. Uh, despite the good things that I saw from Justin Fields last week, um, it's too small of a spread for me to take Chicago. So give me Baltimore and spread of the money line, Jaden.
2: I'm surprised this is this small. I mean, I know Baltimore's coming off of a loss, but the defense right
0: now
2: dude i know it's struggling but i don't trust justin fields exactly to take advantage of that i know he's kind of hitting his stride right now but uh bears offensive line is bad they're going to manufacture. the ravens defense is going to manufacture a lot of pressure against him which could definitely lead to some errant throws uh give me the ravens on both
0: mitchell
1: i think it's time i truly think it's time Justin Fields is going to hit his stride in this game. You give Marlon Humphrey and Anthony Everett against Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney with David Montgomery. It's time. They are going to cover. Against the elite weapons of Darnell Mooney, David deal. Montgomery. <laughs> hey, they're going to Darnell shock Moody. the world. They are <laughs> going to shock the world. I don't All care right. what it's. I don't care what it says. Chicago, they're going to win. They are going to cover money line anything. They're going to cover.
0: I like it. Good teams cover. Uh, next game we got on the slate is the Detroit Lions, who are sitting at 0-8 and one, at the Cleveland Browns, who are sitting at five and five. Cleveland is favored minus 11 and a half in this one. But despite the large spread, give me Cleveland. I think Mason Rudolph just really gave the Lions more credit than they deserve. Jaden?
2: I'm probably going to take the Lions on the spread in this one. Going to carry some momentum. I think they looked awful last week, and I think they caught a couple breaks because it was raining. But, hey, they've got to win a game at some point, right? And Cleveland stinks. So they just got 40 balled by the Mac Jones. So
0: very true. Very true. But they have Nick Chubb healthy, basically, I think. Hopefully. Mitchell,
1: what you got? I think, hopefully. I mean, if anything, the 40 balled argument means that Cleveland is going to cover in this game. You mean to tell me they aren't going to blow out Detroit? I, I think Cleveland wins this game. No doubt. I don't necessarily know about the money line or the spread money line, hundred percent spread uh, 11 and a half, spreads 11 written. and a half. That is rough. <laughs> and I think they cover it on this.
0: So we got the Houston Texans one in eight at the ball in Tennessee Titans who are eight and two Tennessee is favored minus 10 and a half. Give me Tennessee on the spread of the money line. Tyler, uh, Tyrod Taylor looked terrible in his return. He looks bad terrible.
2: Anyway, Jaden? Mm. You're going to do it, aren't you? Okay. Okay. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> okay. Not this week. Not this there week. We go. Maybe next week. Not this week. There we go.
1: Mitchell? Oh, down. Somewhere. I got it. <laughs> I think the Tennessee is going to manage to win on the money line, but I think that Houston will manage to cover the spread. And just like the matchup before, which I didn't get to finish because of the dog, I think that Detroit will manage to cover in the Cleveland game as well.
0: Ah. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. So Mitchell did a little transition pick from the last game. If you he didn't hear it, he thinks Detroit's going to cover. So yeah, all right. Anyway, we're all taking Tennessee on the spread, of the money line. Well, except Mitchell, who's taking Houston on the spread. Next game we got on the slate is the Miami Dolphins coming off their win against the Ravens, uh, sitting at three and seven. At the New York Jets, who are sitting at two and seven. Uh, Miami is favored minus three. I'm really sad that the Mike White era is already over. Um, Joe Flacco will be starting in this game. Oh, big sigh, big sigh. But. <clears throat> Give me the Jets in this one on the spread and the money line, dude. I think that was a fluke last week. I think you just had a game plan against Lamar. uh, Not a good game plan. Like, I mean, it obviously was a good game plan against Lamar, but like, you can't bring that same game plan into this game. So or any other game. So yeah, give me uh, give me the Jets on the spread and the money line. I I love that team. They got Elijah yeah, Elijah Moore, Michael Carter balling out, Ty Johnson. James Crowder, the whole crew, man. Corey Davis, yeah. Give me it. Especially Elijah Moore and Michael Carter lately. Jaden? What a shitty game. I
2: The NFL shouldn't, shouldn't even send cameramen to this game, just like a guy with a notepad to record. I, I don't think that this game should even be Jaylen, televised. Jalen Waddle caught a couple passes. Yeah, you know, one, <laughs> one catch, seven yards. Um, phew, Christ. Give me the – Jets. Give me the Jets on both. Yeah, man.
1: Yeah,
0: give me the Jets In on In agreement,
1: both. Mitchell. Miami is going to beat the fucking hell okay. out of the New York Jets. This is the turning point of the season against the Baltimore Ravens. This team just needed somewhat of a spark. A three and seven I,
0: team having a turning point.
1: I mean, <laughs> what do? You, are you gonna talk about the Jets that way? The Jets are not good. No. Are you gonna act like Joe Flacco is the turning point of this franchise?
0: I'm not saying there either. Is... I think the Jets will win this game of losers. That's what I'm saying. I... I'm
1: There's no way. There's no way.
0: All right. There's Miami no way. is
1: going to blow. I keep them receipts. Out. Miami keep receipts. is going to blow the map. All right, keep have your receipts the, like the the AJ Brown. Keep the AJ Brown receipts for this game.
2: This is funny. That is funny. I think he's, he's right.
0: right, (laughs) All right. Next game we got on the slate. (laughs) Next game we got on the slate is the new Orleans saints who are sitting at five and four at the Philadelphia Eagles who are sitting at four and six. Philly is actually favored minus two. And it's not the first time that we've seen a kind of surprising favorite being the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, I'm going to take, especially with Kamara looking really sketch to play. I'm going to take Philadelphia, spread the money line. Jaden?
2: Dude, I really want to take the Eagles in this game. I really do, but I feel like Sean Payton's going to have something for Jalen Hurts, and it's going to give Jalen Hurts Hurts a fit, and he's going to have a bad game. So, for that reason, I'm going to take the Eagles on both.
0: Hey, Mitchell.
1: I want to say that Kamara has yet to practice this week, and if it is a true Grade 1 MTL spring, he could be out another one to two weeks. But if you see him practice Friday, I would bet in on the Saints. Otherwise, if Alvin Kamara is not playing this week, I'm taking the Saints no matter what. Because we watched last week. No, Mark Miriam is not at all the solution. And I just think that this – team cannot compete with this team in any way, shape, or form. Like saying, Sean
0: it seems like you're saying contradicting statements. You were not. You were saying bad things about both teams.
1: <laughs> I mean, come on, come on.
0: <laughs> come on, come on, come on.
1: All right this well, this New Orleans offense is not good whatsoever. But if Alvin Kamara is in. It's a completely different offense, and it is just night and day difference. I would not suggest anybody to bet on this team, either way, shape, or form. Philly, New Orleans, no matter what, don't bet.
0: Don't bet on this team. Okay.
1: But if Alvin Kamara is in, bet on New Orleans.
0: Bet. Next game we got on the slate is the San Francisco 49ers who are sitting at four and five at the Jacksonville Jaguars who're sitting at two and seven. San Francisco is favored minus six and a half. Give me the Niners on the spread in the money line. Jaden.
2: Uh, I think I'm gonna be taking the Niners in this one. Uh, they looked great on Monday night football against the Rams and the Jags, while they did almost take that game from the Colts at the end of it. I, I just – I think the Niners are better right now, and they've got a lot of momentum after beating a very good divisional opponent. Agreed. Mitchell?
1: I'm going to say, even though Elijah Mitchell is somewhat questionable with this finger finger surgery, I don't think there's any way the 49ers lose this game on spread or money line. This team Amen. is just entirely too good to lose to the Jaguars – even though the buffalo bills lost to them i do not think this san francisco team is going to lose to them agreed to
0: say and like you said despite the status of elijah mitchell who kind of looks sketchy for this game but yeah give me the niners kyle shanahan anybody who thinks that kyle shanahan is a bad coach is tripping i don't know and
2: people were people i can't Facts. remember who was on this podcast uh,
0: saying he needs to be fired tyler uh, tyler uh, tyler it uh, uh, was not me it was Tyler. I wasn't, it was 100% I wasn't a Tyler.
2: I, I, I genuinely couldn't remember, but I can't believe that happened.
0: No, I don't understand why I said that either. Next game we got is the Cincinnati Bengals, who are sitting at five and four at this Las Vegas Raiders, who are sitting at five and four as well. Cincinnati's favored minus one. Uh, I love this Bengals team. Give me the Bengals on the spread and the money line. Um, the Raiders, they have nobody to open up their field right now. They just they signed have,
2: uh, Tyron Johnson.
0: Yeah. And they have Deshaun Jackson. Legend. Yeah. And they have Deshaun Jackson too. And you saw how well that worked out last week. So it made you cry, Mitchell. I'm sorry.
1: Uh, it hurts every time.
0: <laughs> Give me Cincinnati on the spread of the money line. Jaden. This is
2: really tough because these are two teams I don't believe in. team
1: yeah, um, is good.
2: Yeah. So give me the better quarterback, and I don't even know the answer
1: to that one either. Bergar, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I don't
2: know. Give me the better starting receiver, and that's Jamar Chase. I don't. Know. Give me the Bengals
1: on both. I don't. I don't fucking know. Mitchell, what you got? Give me the most consistent starting receiver, and I'm taking Hunter Renfrew in the Raiders by the slightest of margins because they're given a point. I'm going to take money line and spread just because it's a point. And as much as I hate the Raiders, I think that Derek Carr will manage to figure something out, I guess. They're at home. It's like, hope what, so. can he,
0: what can he do, man? Like, this is – we really got a chance to see what this team looked like against the Chiefs, a bad Chiefs defense without Henry Ruggs. They have nobody that is that vertical threat – that will open up the field and allow for the short passing game. They have nobody to do that now. They are depending on Darren Waller to line up outside and draw a double coverage. And then you take Darren Waller out. And like you said, it's Hunter Renfro and Gus, Ed, no, Brian Edwards. Sorry, Edwards. other Edwards. Last game we got on the slate is the New York Giants, who are sitting at three and six, at the Tampa Bay Bucks, who are sitting at six and three after their loss to. Hail to the Washington football team. Uh, Tampa Bay is favored minus 11 in this one. Um, give me the Giants on the spread and Tampa Bay on the money line. I just think this Tampa Bay defense, it has nothing to do with Tom Brady in the offense. This Tampa Bay defense sucks right now. And they're without both their starting corners. And now they have just placed Richard Sherman on IR, which is more interesting than, because more of yeah. them. Yeah, they are terrible. This linebacker core is not playing the same. They cannot get the pass rush going. And I've been talking about their secondary for a minute now. They just placed Richard Sherman on IR. No bueno. Give me uh, the Giants on the spread, but Tom Brady will pull out the win. Jaden?
2: So I definitely agree that the defense is struggling, but I don't think it's that crazy to say that this offense isn't struggling either because without AB, they have slowed. To be quite honest, they lost the last two games. I'm trying to feel it. I'm trying to remember who they played in New Orleans, but it just their offense just hasn't been as good without A.B. And with the whole vaccination card, fake vaccination card issue that just happened today, who knows when A.B. will play again. It, it's, you know, as weird as it is to say that having just Chris Godwin and Mike Evans might not be enough, it might
0: not be enough. Gronk will be back this week, which will be
2: nice. Yeah, but, I mean, what what does Gronk provide that Mike Evans doesn't? Like, and what A.B. does is, you know, he yeah you know, the, the ability opens to separate up. and open up the offense. Right. Um, Girth. But with that being said, give me Tampa Bay on both.
0: I like it. Mitchell.
1: I don't want to say it, but I'm going to take Tampa Bay on both. This team is just going to overpower the Giants in every way, shape, and form – I get they don't have any corners, but – You do have
0: corners, the Giants.
1: Yeah, but what of their receivers have been healthy due to hamstring injuries? Literally all of their top three receivers have had hamstring injuries. The odds that they are going to be healthy for this game are probably like 10%. Fair.
0: You got anything on Saquon before we uh, call today? (laughs)
1: <laughs> saquon i'm gonna say he's probably gonna play they gave him an extra bow, week rest. Bow, 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 bow. <laughs> an extra week of rest just so Jaden can't trade him away for more than he's worth there
0: we go all right well that just about does it for an interesting podcast to Ooh. say the least yeah i have I have my work cut out for me with some serious editing on Friday. So maybe expect a slightly later release than usual, but hopefully not. Hopefully I can haul through this and get this content to you guys fairly early on Friday. Uh, Last thing I want to mention, still got the Jersey giveaway going on, guys. Come on. let's (laughs)
1: let's <laughs>
0: let's get some uh, do you guys not want a free jersey or something come on just all you got to do is like the post on instagram and get your friends to follow Blitzpod on instagram as soon as we had a hundred followers that's it a hundred we were handing out a free nfl jersey to a lucky winner so i don't know why you wouldn't want to be a part of that
1: apparently but. they aren't broke enough
0: very true problem no ah. listeners it's it's not like rich people want free jerseys either, right? You know. Anyway. All right, well that does it for our content this week. Uh good luck to everyone with your fantasy matchups, your individual teams this week. Uh you got the Chargers and Steelers going head to head. That should be a fun one to watch considering we've got two pod members that are loyal fans of each team. Um but yeah, good luck to everyone. Thanksgiving coming up next week. Probably won't be on the pod uh on Monday, but we'll see. We'll see. All right, guys, we'll catch you later. Peace.